All right, everybody. Barbacoa, Big Red Basketball is back. I'm John Lugo, the host. I got my co-host here, William Darnell. Will, how are you doing? Use my full name again. <laughs> all heard him stop that. Will. No one calls me William. Um, <laughs> like these ESPN and Sports Illustrated lists, I'm all over the place, man. <laughs> I'm a troll. Yeah, if that list has anything to say about how our week has been going, it's been pretty fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, but before we get started, we had a couple questions about the first two words, first three words, I guess, of our podcast, Barbacoa and Big Red. Robert, our friend Robert here in Houston, <laughs> told us to just talk more about Barbacoa. <laughs> it wasn't really a question, it was more like a statement. He's a big fan of cheek meat. <laughs> As are we. Let's see, Robert Jimenez. Jimenez is his last name. Okay, so, yeah, right now we don't have any barbacoa material, but we're working on that. We're gonna, we're actually going to try out a place after the podcast and review it in our next episode, so keep an eye out for that. Jacob, my friend Jacob Streckert, asked, what's the difference between Big Red and Red Flash? To which I don't have a real answer to that, so that's um, another thing I'm going to work on during the week. My answer is that they only sell Red Flash in Hillbilly Town, like where John grew up. <laughs> I've never heard of that. It sounds terrible. I grew up in Del Rio, which is very Mexican and not Hillbilly. <laughs> really there not. are Mexican Hillbillies, just FYI. But just so you know, we are much more Mexican than Hillbilly. We're literally on the border of Mexico. Mexico is a five-minute drive from my house. <laughs> but I do not know how to answer what's the difference between Big Red and Red Flash. Flash. That's another thing that we will investigate this upcoming week. I assume Red Flash is like a, a generic brand. Yeah, I don't know if it's generic or if it's just its own thing. But in Del Rio, they have Red Flash too, and I I don't know I don't I don't know what the difference is. It's been I mean it's been that maybe I knew back then what the difference was, but it's been so long that I can't really remember. But. So we will investigate. <laughs> Put in an order for some Red Flash. <laughs> Okay, and uh, before we get into these wacky lists, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the new NBA jerseys that came out last night. Um, as some of you may know, Nike is now the what the distrib is distributor the right word creator. I don't know what the right word is, but NBA supplier, the official supplier, maybe. Yeah, it's just the the main point is that the main NBA the jerseys come from Nike now, not Adidas. And as part of that, they've been rolling out new jerseys over the summer. The, all the teams already have their standard home and away jersey. And last night, they rolled out the first set of alternate jerseys. Uh, they, it was the official announcement of the Nike and NBA partnership. And each team had one player from the team uh, show up in the new jerseys. So um, some of them looked really, really awesome. A lot of them were the same, and some of them were also hot garbage. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think in general? Do you think that? Do you think first off, we don't have to get too much into this, but you, do you think Nike is already starting off at, in starting off strong with these new jerseys? Do you think we're on the right path with Nike? Yeah, I, I think that, that it's a really strong start because Adidas stuff is really really fucking boring <laughs> exclusively and their t-shirts fit so weird they're like tied around the neck <laughs> around the shoulders where so they wash funny and they just get like it looks like you've been wearing your t-shirt for like three weeks and you've been wearing it for a day when you wear a t-shirt and nike just makes better stuff in general this podcast is sponsored by nike <laughs> it's not please do i love sneakers we hope to one day be sponsored by nike <laughs> that's how we know we have will have made it um, just a couple quick items about these jerseys. The yeah. Portland one looks like you made it in like a creative team mode, and you were really, really tired when you did it, <laughs> and you just gave up and made it red with a weird black slash. Yeah, it's like you made it like at three in the morning and just like fuck it, make it red. I'll, ma I'll make it better later. <laughs> looks really bad. The yeah. Sixers one is like fire. Yeah, the like, six the Sixers I'm on ones. Fire looking at it. Yeah, the Sixers ones are awesome. They look a lot like. They kind of look like the Christmas jerseys from a couple years ago, but they look really, really good. It's super clean. I like what they're doing with the stars on the side. It just it just really looks nice. I think they had Joel Embiid. Um, I don't know if he was at the event, but there's a photo of him in the jersey. It looks pretty sick. Um, let's see, what other ones 
You know, this may be a hot take, but I kind of like the Minnesota ones. Uh, it's the really ugly green one. I like that it's weird looking. Yeah, that's. I don't think that by itself it's a good looking jersey. I just like that they're going head on with the what lime green, neon green colors. It just it doesn't look good by itself, but I just love whenever teams get real weird with it. And this may be the weirdest looking jersey there is. Yeah, the boringest jersey, and I mean this is really unfortunate, is going to go to the Spurs because it's like gray and they didn't even center the Spurs logo. <laughs> And it's just sad. And there's some random guy that they sent to the event. I don't it's, know who that is. You know, DeJounte Murray is the one that stunted on the Rockets. <laughs> is that who that is? Yeah. The Rockets sent Trevor a reason. He looks really strange. <laughs> he looks very unhappy about having to be there. I don't know why they didn't send someone else. Yeah, I just thought it was so funny how some, like, stars embraced going and then some sent, like, they're like a training camp guys. Like, you saw, you saw Blake Griffin, you saw Paul George and Kevin Durant. And then there's Boston sending out Shane Larkin. <laughs> is that who that is? Yeah, that's Shane Larkin. Oh, shit. And then... I didn't know the, the Celtics had Shane Larkin. Yeah, and then the the Hawks sent out their guard Malcolm Delaney. Oh, that's the best person on the Hawks now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was super funny how someone, like, scraped at the bottom of the barrel for someone to show up. But, uh, back to the Spurs jerseys, I agree. They're okay, but I just... One thing that I really, really don't like about the Spurs is that they are awful at selecting jerseys. Like, they... There was a streak of, like, ten years where we didn't have a consistent alternate jersey, or even that cool of an alternate jersey. And even if they did, they wore it for, like, two games the whole year. And then, a few years ago, they come out with these alternates... Which is the laziest fucking alternate I have ever seen. <laughs> All that they did was chop up the logo to only have the spur, the U, and that's it. <laughs> that's the, that's the that whole is thing. the entire jersey design. <laughs> that is the jersey. You take the you take the regular jersey and cut out the S, P, R, and the other S, and that's the alternate jersey. Basically, it, it, it makes me think that someone told Peter Holt that they were going to do an alternate jersey. Peter Holt, the Spurs owner, and he was like, "Make it as cheap as possible." And they're like, "Mr. Holt, you're not going to pay for it. The NBA and not here paying for it." He's like, "Cheap, I want it cheap." <laughs> and then he had someone draw it on a napkin, and then somehow the the Spurs won sixty four games. <laughs> what happened was that he didn't want to pay anyone to design the logo, so he just went out to one of the one of the construction sites of his whole moving whole tractor companies and just asked one of the guys there hey just draw a jersey real <laughs> draw quick it, God damn it. just give me an idea draw something <laughs> and then he just took the paper as the guy was just only drawing it for like 10 seconds he's like this is what we're going with here this is it yeah my main hope for these jerseys is that the teams wear them as much as possible even if they're the god awful portland ones or the highlighter green Timberwolves ones. I just want to see them. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a cool thing. And please just wear them. I fucking hate the OKC jerseys. Like, I think that they just look like bad Syracuse jerseys, honestly. They look they look like... They look like... It's like the intramural league jersey made up of people who work at a bank or something. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so much like... You look at that logo, it's like, do I want to root for these guys, or am I signing up for a credit card from them? OKC! <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. not good. It does. Also, if they're not sponsored by OKCupid this season, it's <laughs> just like the world's <laughs> biggest missed opportunity. Oh my god, that is, oh my god, that is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Something, something, Paul George's dick. <laughs> you can work that joke out, it's in there somewhere. What's not fire is what William Darnell thinks about where they have placed James Harden on the list. Let's just get right into it. We're going over the ESPN Top 100 list. Will, here's your time to rant about where they placed James Harden. All right, so first of all, John, why don't you tell us what the top ten are? Who, who are the top ten people? Top ten. Uh, let's see here. Number ten is Draymond. Draymond Green. Nine, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Eight, James Harden, seven, Chris Paul, six, Anthony Davis, bullshit, five, Russell Westbrook, okay, I guess, four, Steph Curry, Mm -mm. three, Kawhi Leonard, two, Kevin Durant, and one, LeBron James. Okay, so overall, like, the guys are there, 
Like, maybe you could have some qualms with Draymond Green being in the top 10. I think that's a little high for him. They may be in the wrong order, but I think those are the 10 best players in the league. Yeah, I think that because of his defense, you could put him in the top 10. Yeah. But I just, I don't see how it is possible or even conceivable for anyone to think that James Harden is the 8th best player in the NBA. It's so, he was coming off a year where you can argue that he should have been MVP. Yeah. (laughs) And now he's the 8th best player heading into the following season. And the guy who was traded to his team and is significantly older and has had fewer playoff successes is suddenly better than him. Yeah, that's the thing <laughs> that fucked me up about this list because, like, I, it just doesn't... I don't know where Harden should rank on this list. It doesn't feel right to see him at eight, but I see Chris Paul right ahead of him at number seven, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So I think that leads us to our first problem with these lists is that I think that they're intended... Their sole focus this year, especially, and I mean, it's I mean this especially for the ESPN list, is to engender fake debates. Absolutely, um, we, couldn't, we couldn't figure out how these lists were made on ESPN this year. Previously, they've had disclaimers saying who was involved and how they rated them. This year, that information is suddenly gone. Yeah, so there's nothing. It's just a list. There's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of intrigue there and I think that that's ESPN created intrigue so they can have Stephen A. Smith and people on NBA Countdown screaming about these lists all season and it's working CJ McCollum is so pissed off (laughs) yeah yeah as is DeMar DeRozan DeMar DeRozan fucking hates ESPN (laughs) yeah but DeMar DeRozan looks really weird so we don't care what he thinks James Harden has the right to be upset though at ESPN (laughs) um the one the main person who I don't think that it can be argued is a better player than James Harden is Anthony Davis. He's made the playoffs one time. His team finished, I think, either 500 or one game above 500 that season. They made it because of a lucky banked three-point shot. They got swept in the playoffs. He has never played a full season in his NBA career. He's had one winning season. Last year, he got his best teammate ever, and they were terrible. They were fucking terrible together. And James Harden has made the playoffs five years in a row as the main star on his team. I don't see how any way you can have Anthony Davis higher than him on that list. I would think Anthony Davis is higher as if if he finally... I'm not saying he's a bad leader, but I think it says something about leadership when your team just constantly... Like, New Orleans is not at all the perfect team. They have a terrible front office. Some of his teammates are not paired up with him the right way, but he he should be able to do better than what his resume shows. Yeah, I think that's the large point, is that Harden has done more with subpar teammates than anyone has expected. Like, last season, people clowned the Rockets and Daryl Morey for signing Eric Gordon and for signing Ryan Anderson. Please take Ryan Anderson. <laughs> anyone, please take him. But those things turned out extremely well. Everyone laughs about Matt D'Antoni getting picked up by the Rockets. The Rockets won 54 games, and James Harden was the second. And he finished second in MVP. He almost himself averaged a triple-double. He almost led the league in points and assists. And he did that with teammates that everyone made fun of the Rockets for signing. So I don't see how he could be worse than a guy who... What his team went? Did they win 30 games last year? I don't even know. I... Not that much more than that. However, do you know who's number 99 on this list? <laughs> I don't know who's number 99 on this list. You going to pull it up, or do you want me to tell <laughs> just, you? Just tell me. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Manu Ginobili! <laughs> if Manu Ginobili, if the number 99 guy stuffs your ass in a crucial playoff game... That might be enough to warrant moving down a couple spots. <laughs> Do I, you agree or disagree? <laughs> I actually had to take my glasses off. And I'm currently rubbing my forehead at the like. What is this fucking list? It's got old dudes like Manu Ginobili somehow still being considered one of the top 100 players. It's got rookies who've never played in the NBA ahead of Carmelo Anthony, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. I is it a futures list? Because obviously not. If Manu Ginobili is still on the list. He, by all definitions of the word, even asking a hardcore Spurs fan in front of me, was terrible last season. Is he one of the 100 best players in the NBA right now? I don't think he was terrible, but also not top 100. Like, for as good as he is, like, you can't put him in the top 100 when he can only play, like, 15 minutes a game now. Can he start on any NBA team right now? Atlanta? 
<laughs> I don't think that there is a such thing as an Atlanta Hawks fan, but if there is, we're not sorry. Look what you did in the Super Bowl. Any team who's not abruptly trying to tank, I I don't think that he could start on those teams. <laughs> okay, and let's just do some simple math for those of you at home. There's 30 NBA teams. Five people start on each team at a time. That's 150 players. So essentially this list is saying that you're in the top two-thirds of starters. There should be nothing but good starters <laughs> yes. on this list. And no offense to the great legend, <laughs> Manu Ginobili, who paved the way in a lot of ways for guys like James Harden to play. He has no fucking business <laughs> being on a top 100 NBA players right now list. <laughs> <laughs> so where should James Harden be? Um, SI has him at five, which I think is fine. At five. Yeah, okay. I think you give Curry the nod over Harden because Curry has won two championships. Mm-hmm. And to me, that means a lot. Curry doesn't also have a propensity to shrink in playoff games. James Harden, it's not that he shrinks. It's that he has a lot of Kobe in his basketball DNA, <laughs> and he gives up and shows his teammates up, which is obviously a problem, which is what he did against the Spurs in game six. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's five. I think I'm fine with that. He's not better than LeBron. He's no one's better than LeBron. Kevin Durant, I think, should be the consensus number two. Kawhi, if he hadn't made such a leap offensively last season, wouldn't be number three, but I think he is. And then Curry, two championships, two MVPs. Yeah. He's he's at least number four. Yeah. And has a right probably to be pissed off about that. <laughs> and then Harden. And then I don't think that you can pick Westbrook over Harden. You want to give him the MVP because he had the gaudy stats and he averaged a triple-double and he ran himself and his teammates into the ground and won a bunch of lucky-ass games at the end. <laughs> that it, or that's never going to happen again in NBA history, yeah, winning were, that many close games. They were miraculously clutch. <laughs> like, people who hate stats will say, oh, well, that's just Russell Westbrook. And I, I present to you the other eight years of Russell Westbrook's career, okay? He didn't suddenly become clutch. <laughs> uh, can I point you to the Golden State-Oklahoma City Thunder series from two years ago? He's not clutch, people. <laughs> Can I point you to this year's playoffs when he was chucking <laughs> brick after brick and losing in five games to the Rockets? Pretty much any time OKC was down in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook fucked it up somehow. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that give it, he has his MVP. You can't ever take it away from him. Um, but he's not better than Harden as a basketball player. <sighs> okay. And for the record, I do agree Harden should be higher. <laughs> okay. Now the next one. I... This is very confusing to me, because it's LaMarcus Aldridge, and he's number 45. Is that also his age? Because <laughs> that's how he plays now. He does play like that, but unfortunately, no, you got to cut off a third of that, and I think that's his age. But um, he's at 45, and that doesn't sound right, but I don't know how to dispute that either. <laughs> it's just like... He should be, like, not that much higher, but, like, it just, it strikes me in a weird way when people, like, Andre Iguodala and fucking Eric Bledsoe and Jay Crowder. Oh, gosh. and We're gonna get that. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like, these guys ahead of him. Is this, do you, do you think that... Do you think that this is the right spot for him, or do you think that people are going too far with how he's regressed? Okay, so he's 45th, which means that they think he is around the second best player on half the teams. Yeah. And I'd say that that's probably still fair. I think that he's not good enough to be the second best player on the Spurs. Not at all. But he could be the best player still on... Sorry, Hawks. The Hawks. <laughs> um, if he was traded to Philadelphia tonight, um, considering he would play way more games, he would probably be the best player over Joel Embiid. There's a lot of teams where he would either be the best player still at this point, or he could be like a close second. I just don't think that he's as good as you would think the second best player on a 61 team would be. And speaking of hypotheticals, I don't know about the whole number one player on Philadelphia thing, because according to this list, Joel Embiid is 32. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so I think that putting someone's rank at the number of games that they've played in the NBA (laughs) is about as ridiculous as it gets. I know that Joel Embiid looked really cool, and he did lots of good things, and he had great footwork and shooting touch for a big man, 
but he played 31 fucking games. Like, chill out, people. He's missed two full seasons, and then 60% of a third season. Chill out. <laughs> Would you take DeAndre Jordan over LaMarcus Aldridge? Uh, yeah, in, in a heartbeat. But they're completely different players, obviously. But I think with DeAndre Jordan, you have a defensive anchor, and then you can just lob it up to him on offense. Okay. I just threw that out there because he's number 30, <coughs> and I thought that could be a decent argument, but apparently not. <laughs> I just, I don't think that, I think that if you give that choice, for one, DeAndre Jordan is younger. He's three or four years younger. Yeah, something like that. And I think that if you lob that choice up, if the Spurs were trying to trade for DeAndre Jordan, the Clippers would laugh them out of the room. Maybe. <laughs> and I think that any NBA team, given the same asset package, and they get to choose between Aldridge and Jordan, are doing Jordan. <laughs> I didn't mean that they were doing Jordan. <laughs> but Lamarcus Aldridge has a weird-looking face, so I think they would also be doing Jordan. He does. He does have a weird face. Okay. Alright, that, that was... I didn't really have any qualms with where they placed all the Spurs on this list. Um, I thought they seemed... I guess they could be justified in their own way, but I guess the only one really that we had a problem with between the Spurs and Rockets was James Harden. Yeah. So let's get into all the other shit now. <laughs> Will has another bone to pick <laughs> with this list, particularly one player who's coming off a great year, one rookie <laughs> of the year, but... He's coming off a great year, and he averaged 13 points and four assists. Just I want, I want everyone to put that into perspective, because those are replacement-level <laughs> starter stats. I I don't see it. I don't get how Malcolm Brogdon... Who, what number is he on the list? 60-something? Uh, I think he's 56. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it was like 68. Um, yep, 56. Uh, what, <laughs> right in front of Andrew Wiggins. <coughs> so... And Harrison Barnes. <laughs> let's First, let's not talk about Harrison Barnes and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> okay. Malcolm Brogdon, on his own merit, to be 56 would mean that he needs to be the second best player on an NBA team. That's so wild. He is the fourth best player on his NBA team right now. At absolute best, he's the fourth best player. Yeah. On a team that's not that good. That has one really, really great player, and then two pretty okay guys, and then him. What, they win like 42 games 42, 41 games, something like that. Something like that. So Malcolm Brogdon is certainly not better than Chris Middleton. Is he higher than Chris Middleton on this list? Uh... Thankfully, I don't think so. <laughs> Let me see. Let me. I need to, no, he's not. He's not. Middleton okay. is thirty-five. I could see you saying he's better than Jabari Parker because Jabari Parker keeps getting injured. But I think talent-wise, he's certainly not better than Jabari Parker. He's also twenty-four. He's a twenty-four-year-old rookie. Yeah. I like to joke that he's like fifty. And <laughs> it's actually just Rick Fox in yeah. disguise. Yeah, it's just Rick's like <laughs> <Rick> Fox. <laughs> yeah. It put moisturizer on. It cleared up some of the old age stuff on his face. And now he's going around as Malcolm Brockman. <laughs> uh, Rick Fox started uh, on the path to becoming a Scientologist. And he got like some of the blood therapy that Tom Cruise did. <laughs> and now he's suddenly able to play in the NBA. Again. And now I equate Malcolm Brockman. Oh okay, so let's talk about the fact that they have him ranked ahead of Andrew Wiggins. Not only that, but all these guys, he's in front of like five, six straight guys who play similar roles to him who are clearly better. Like, let's see, he's 56, Wiggins 57, Harrison Barnes 58, Danny Green 59, let's see, Devin Booker 60, Avery Bradley 61. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Devin Booker is behind Malcolm Brogdon, even though he's six (laughs) years younger than him. And is already considerably better. And he put up, well, like, 70 <laughs> points in a game or something like that. <laughs> okay, so I've, I've amended my entire opinion on this whole list. We have, like, a whole page of notes here. That is the single stupidest fucking thing. Malcolm Brogdon is older, worse, and plays the same position, essentially, as some of the guys that John just mentioned. Like, my mind is, like, I don't, under- I don't fucking understand. He's pretty much, he's pretty much, who, like, Patrick Beverly, except an average defender? Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. I think Patrick Beverly 100% has a better season with the Clippers than Malcolm Brogdon does with the Bucks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and just, it's, it's just wild. It's just... It seems like this list is entirely constructed to piss everyone off. 
<laughs> and this is like case in point right here. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. You could look back at their previous top 100s and they justify each pick, and this year they just they got nothing. Like, oh, I'm Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, he averaged like eight points less per game than Andrew Wiggins, who's like a borderline all star. But, you know, he's better than him. What? Yep. <laughs> he turns 25 in December. That's what they have written down here for ESPN. And they didn't have him ranked among the top 200 entering last year. He, so he went from out of 200 to 56. Okay, he's slowing Stevens now. <laughs> <laughs> Except there was no tournament. <laughs> they just let somebody with a dartboard pick these players out of 100. It feels like it. Okay, so... Let's see, what else... What do we have next? Okay, so... Just getting into more things that are pissing everybody off with this list. This whole The whole theme of this episode is people being pissed off about this list, it seems. The next one has Carmelo Anthony, who... Has he spoken out, or just everyone assuming that he's pissed off? I think... I'm, I haven't, I'm not sure if I've seen anything from him, but he definitely has a right to be pissed off. Carmelo Anthony who's been the best player on the Knicks ever since he got there, like, six years ago, is ranked 64th. Okay, so he's eight spots lower than Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Just to put that in perspective. <laughs> That's yeah. how stupid this fucking list is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and, I mean, and Jared... Jared asked a question that relates to what is the right placement for him. Because on the SI list, he's listed 37. Clearly a huge difference from ESPN. What... I could understand why Carmelo Anthony is such a polarizing player given his history on the Knicks, but where should he be on this list? I would like to watch him play five games first. (laughs) I think that he should be higher than 65th, because that's that's stupid, for one. Yeah. The last time he played basketball, he was still really good at basketball. Yeah, he's still one of the best (laughs) offensive players in the league. He is still unguardable on offense. He's still a bad defender, sure. But there's guys in the top ten. James Harden. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, who are very bad defenders. Like, Carmelo's not worse than James Harden and Russell Westbrook in defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean... At least he's tall. <laughs> yeah, so I don't understand. I bet you anything, if he does go to Houston at some point this year, the next year he's going to be much higher on this list again. Because I feel like it's just a matter of fit. Like, he's not going to be... I mean, he's developed such a bad reputation being in New York that as soon as he goes somewhere else and plays the same way, but just in, in a city with a team that tolerates him, he's just going to seem that much better, even though he's the same player. I totally agree with you, and I think a lot of this list is just reputational. I think that, like, Carmelo Harden is not liked by ESPN's, like, pundits. Yeah. They like to pick on him because it gets them lots of traction. They can show lots of low-light defensive videos, and they can have segment after segment with Stephen A. Smith screaming about how Harden doesn't try on defense. So I yeah. think that that's just more of this, and it, it helps that he's had this awful situation with New York going for a while. Would you rather have Carmelo Anthony or LaMarcus Aldridge? Carmelo. So he should be higher than 45. <laughs> <laughs> if we're taking the... Uh, I was going to say something stupid, probably. <laughs> um, we're taking the completely fucked up, erroneous logic of this list. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he should be higher than 45. I think that 37 is probably okay, because it has been a while since he's really played for an extended period of time. Yeah, I mean, some of that is knee injuries, and I think some of that, too, has just been shutting him down to tank, which hasn't really worked. Yeah. But, I mean, outside of Chris. Good tanking, yeah, though, but... guys. <laughs> just kidding. It was bad tanking. And... Speaking of Carmelo Anthony's misplacement on this list, the guy right ahead of him, Lonzo Ball, <laughs> a rookie who has risen to fame mostly because of his dad, is 63rd on this list. And we're gonna, we're probably gonna shit on Lonzo for a bit, but I think this list speaks to a bigger point because there are other rookies on this list. Why even bother having rookies on this list? They have not played. You don't know how good they're going to be. Lonzo, Markel Fultz, Dennis Smith, these all easily could be guys who need a couple of years, two to three years to acclimate. So why even bother putting them on this list? Are those the only three guys on the list? 
I think so. Okay, so my chief concern with that is that the most NBA-like experience these guys have, I guess, is is Summer League more NBA-like than the NCAA tournament, would you say so? <laughs> just by the rules? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean just in, which which experience is a more high level? I would say the NCAA because okay. Summer League is Summer League is made up of people who have gone through the NCAA, have gone through the D League, has gone through the Euro League, lower levels of professional leagues in other lesser known countries who are just trying to take one final stab at the NBA. Like the the Summer League should be more seen as weeding out guys that are bad than figuring out who's good. It's more about it, yeah, it's more about finding out who's bad than who's good. Okay. So Lonzo Ball was good in Summer League, right? He was good, yeah. Okay, Markel Fultz got injured in his first summer league game and then didn't play again, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And in the biggest game, I'm going to keep going back to this all season, the <laughs> biggest game of Alonzo Ball's career was the Sweet 16, UCLA versus Kentucky. He scored 10 points in his like-for-like matchup, De'Aaron Fox, who's not on this list, scored 38 points. Yeah, I don't think he's on the list. I don't see him. Explain to me how, other than the fact that De'Aaron Fox's dad is a normal person and LeVar Ball is a nut job, what is the difference between those two guys? Why is one a top 55 NBA player, and the other one doesn't make the list. And not only that, but, like, Lonzo has, Lonzo's skills, I feel like they should be an individualized list, like who they are by themselves as players. Lonzo Ball's skills is obviously going to be passing, and he'll be a good team player, but speaking, like, on the like, who do you want to lead a team? You choose Fultz or Smith, because... They're both much more athletic and can create their own shot. Much better overall offensive players besides passing. Markel Fultz is 86th, and Dennis Smith is 75th. Because he likes to slang that wood. <laughs> he does. He does slang wood ever ever since 8th grade or whatever. <laughs> how how have, long ago that was. I have my first real shot in the dark. I have no fucking idea. Hot take of the season. All right. That Dennis Smith Jr. wins Rookie of the Year and is by far the best of the rookies. That honestly wouldn't surprise me. I love Dennis Smith Jr. He, I hate that he's on the Mavs. <laughs> that's the that's the one thing that worries me is that I mean not really worry me, but if there's like the biggest argument against him winning Rookie of the Year is I think Rick Carlisle sending him to the doghouse whenever he makes mistakes. Oh, I, I forgot that uh, Bad Jim Carrey was the coach <laughs> of Dallas Mavericks. Um, but if he lets him, if he lets him roam, if he lets him play, I think he'll get some run just because of how bad the Mavs were last season. Yeah, and I'm really glad that aside from Dirk, because Dirk, Dirk is German. I am German. I feel Dirk <laughs> in my heart. It's the only time I've ever rooted for the Mavs uh, was when they won the championship because Dirk was like, I was just so astounded by the fact that every time he got fouled, he made the free throws, <laughs> and he just like every turnaround was just great. They all went in. It was beautiful. But I'm glad that Harrison Barnes has someone else to play with now. I hope that Dennis Smith Jr. gets over his injury concerns. Yeah, but. Is, I don't is, think rookies fucking belong on the list. They haven't played in the NBA. I was about to ask, is there ever an appropriate time to include a rookie on this list? No! <laughs> no, there's not! <sighs> well, I can't really argue with you there. <laughs> the best players that Lonzo Ball has played against so far are guys at the back end of NBA rosters. So how yeah. is he suddenly in the top 60? That do- It doesn't make sense. Yeah. it's not. This isn't the NFL where, like, combine stats and all that stuff matters or like you have four years of college evidence or whatever it he played in like 33 college games and then 10 games in the summer league and suddenly he's one of the top 60 NBA players it's just unfathomable to me he's probably going to be the fourth or fifth best player on his team this year yeah and I just I still don't understand how he's going to get a shot off I just don't it's so fucking weird. I just... And who is he going to guard exactly in the NBA? Whoever's the worst offensive player. <laughs> when, when the Rockets play the Lakers for the first time, who is Lonzo Ball guarding? Oh, is he guarding God. Chris Paul? Is I he think, guarding James Harden? I think it is Chris Paul. <laughs> That's going to be fun for me. It's going to be so bad. Did you, see, did you see that? I think Patrick Beverly tweeted at LeVar Ball <laughs> about to get ready for game one yes. because he plays him first. Patrick Beverly is going to fucking consume Lonzo He's Ball. He's going to shit all over Lonzo Ball. Oh my god. Whatever. I just hope that the big baller brands marketable sneakers at their high rate 
have very good ankle support because that young man is going to need it this year in the NBA. It's going to be the deer and fox situation all over again with Patrick Beverly. <laughs> with Patrick Beverly. <sighs> okay, no rookies. Don't ever include rookies. It's I'm, dumb. Please I, stop doing it. I know ESPN's not going to listen, and he's going to have, and they're going to have fucking Lamella Ball on this list when he's a rookie. But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Ugly Drake does not belong on a best NBA players list yet. <laughs> I heard what's a, like I hate to be mean, but I thought it was so fucking funny. I heard someone say that he looks like a blend of Drake and Screech from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> he does. Can confirm he's a very ugly young man. Um, next up, we've got some foreign dudes to talk about, which is great. Um, that sounded terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the context of NBA, okay? So, I mean, there are two very young, very pasty <laughs> European-born centers in the NBA right now. We got one, the Latvian god, with the cornrows. We got Chris Stapp's poor Zingis. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Nikola Jokic is from Serbia? Um, I think so. Or is that Nurkic? Oh, Jusuf Nurkic is from Serbia. I don't think Jokic is. Let's see, Googling now. Fuck, sorry guys. <laughs> Serbian. Yeah. Okay, okay, I didn't realize they were both Serbian. Yeah, me neither. Serbia should be way better at international basketball than they end up being. Also true in soccer, if you're a soccer fan, Serbia always underperforms. Nurkic is Bosnian. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So that makes more sense. Okay. We're probably going to cut that part. Should we, <laughs> should we re-enter that part? <laughs> nah, fuck that. Just, just keep it going. Okay, so Chris Porzingis is... 24th, I think, on the NBA list? 22nd. 22nd, and Nikola Jokic is 16th. If you guys remember from our last episode the other day, I had a hot take. Apparently, it's not that hot of a take, because on both the SI and ESPN lists, Jokic was ahead of Porzingis, which I think is resoundingly true. Yeah, Jokic, 16th, <clears throat> and Kristaps, 22 on ESPN, and on SI, Jokic, 25th, and let's see, Kristaps... Where is Kristaps? 33rd okay. on SI's list. That seems much more true. As usual. Yeah. Do I think Nikola Jokic is the 16th best player in the NBA? No, I don't. <laughs> I think that if we were having like a, a fantasy draft for the NBA, that he could go in the top 16. Yeah. Because he's so young. But I don't think that currently right now he's the 16th best player in the NBA. I think the Nuggets probably would have made the playoffs last season instead of falling short if he was the 16th best player in the league. I mean, I could get it because he's already one of the best offensive big men in the league. He is one of the best passers, has a good mid-range jump shot. He just, he makes things work. He finds, he makes like behind-the-back passes. He finds, he finds small holes. He just, he does, he does the kind of stuff that you expect from like, stuff that like I didn't, that reminded me of like Steve Nash or like Monty Ginobili when he's feeling himself. Like, yeah. He's very, very silky smooth, much like Big Red. So sweet, so smooth. <laughs> Sponsored by Big Red. Hopefully one day. Yeah. We'll talk about that copyright thing later. <laughs> um, uh, do you think that Jokic is better than Kristaps? Do you agree with me? God, that's so hard. That is so hard. Or is it I... difficult to tell because of the shambles that is the New York Knicks? I think that says more about what I think about Kristaps because... I think, at this point, Jokic is better, but I think if if Kristaps wasn't in such dysfunction, because I think Kristaps, he is never going to be as good of a passer. He I think he can be a better offensive player, a better shooter particularly, and I think he has better potential on defense as like a, as like a anchor, as like, like a center anchor, because he can block shots. He shows flashes of being... A big man who can take over on defense. I don't know if that's who he is or if that's just every now and then. But, God, that is so, so hard. I think I'm still going to have to stick with Kristaps. I just... Wow. <laughs> so wrong. <sighs> Let's see. I just, I feel like... Kristaps is in the Eastern Conference, okay? Mm-hmm. I feel like if Jokic was in the Eastern Conference, his team would have made the playoffs last year. Yeah, they definitely would have. I know that the Nuggets literally would have, but I think that if you switch the two of them, the Knicks make the playoffs. Ooh, that, 
I don't know about that. <laughs> that's a big. That that's the hottest take you've had so far. <laughs> I think that in both of his NBA seasons so far, Chris Stapps has come out of the gates on fire, and then has trailed off the rest of the season. Whereas last year, Jokic was just okay for like half the season, and then the last half of the season was like shitting on the entire world. Good. Holy shit! Okay, I didn't see it. This. This is making me sway toward Jokic. The little paragraph of stats and info that they have under Jokic says that after Christmas, last season, after Christmas, through the rest of the year, his PER was 28.4. Which would make him in the top five in the league overall. Holy shit. And he would be number three, just behind Westbrook and Kawhi. What up? I literally just said that, and then John backed it up with stats and evidence. (laughs) Is it a hot take? Is it a hot take? <laughs> I think it's only a hot take because people don't pay attention to Denver, so they don't yeah. see how good Jokic is. So I don't understand why the one thing that ESPN got right about their list is that Jokic is better than Chris Dabbs. I think that that's just them shitting on the Knicks. I don't think that they actually Probably. think that. But I think Chris Dabbs is great, and he just needs to get out of New York. Yeah, he really does. He should have tried harder to push for a trade. Yep. But, I mean... He really I'm... needs Carmelo to be gone, too. Okay. Now, speaking of foreign big guys, hold on. We were also talking about Marcus Sol on this list too. Where is Marcus Sol? He's behind Chris Stapps. He's behind both of them yeah. at 29 on ESPN's list. And he's ahead of both of them on SI's list at 24. So, Marcus Sol's ahead of them on the SI list. Yeah. Okay. He, he's right in front of Jokic on on SI's list. 24 Gasol, 25 Jokic. 33 Kristaps, and then on the ESPN list, 16 Jokic, 22 Kristaps, 29 Gasol. Okay, I can get down with that list, okay? If you... My main qualm is that ESPN had Marcus All behind these two guys. They play the same position. Marcus All is a better defender. He is just as good at Kristaps on offense. And he's not quite at the Jokic level offensively, but he's also a great passer. His teams have made the playoffs every year that he's been the main attraction, despite sometimes literally playing three guys on a 10-day contract. <laughs> In what fucking universe is currently right now Marcus all worse than those guys? That's really hard. I don't know. I think they can catch up to him. I think at their peaks they can be better than Gasol, but right now that's really hard to make that. Just it's really hard to make that argument. Yeah. You know who's not that far behind those guys? <laughs> the 8 million dollar man himself. The the main the guy who's actually gonna play in this huge Kyrie Irving trade that Cleveland got. Yeah. Jay Crowder. <laughs> Jay I don't fuck with Gordon Hayward Crowder. At thirty eight. That's probably the reason why they included him in the deal. Yeah. If you guys don't remember, there is a t- a point last year where the Celtics fans started cheering for Gordon Hayward when they were playing Utah. And Jay Crowder got super pissed at it because they played the same position, so he thought that the fans were basically chanting for him to be replaced by Gordon Hayward. Which, which is they exactly, were. Which is exactly what happened. <laughs> that is what they meant. Um, we're not going to comment on how Boston is notoriously racist, and so there's some <laughs> obvious subtext there. But Jay Crowder is apparently one of the more ornery players in the NBA. Um, he has a very, very cheap contract. And if ESPN had released information like the things that they valued about this list, and one of them was contracts, then I would understand Jay Crowder being on the list, because he only, he's only getting paid $8 million, which is half of what Ryan Anderson is getting paid per season. So, I could get it from that perspective. However, they did not release criteria for the list. Yeah. And he should in no way be the 38th best player in the and it's just like we were talking about earlier with like that crowd of wing players in the 50s with uh, Wiggins and Barnes and Danny Green. Like Those guys those guys are probably better than Jay Crowder, so Jay Crowder should be right there around that group. And he's like 20 spots above all of those guys. If you ask any general manager in the NBA, would you rather have Jay Crowder or Andrew Wiggins? Every single one of them is saying Andrew Wiggins. Would you rather have Jay Crowder or Malcolm Brogdon, though? <laughs> I'd rather have Jay Crowder because Malcolm Brogdon is 50-year-old Rick Fox, guaranteed planet in Scientology. Just He's with Belgium. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't... Like, we could go on and on. This whole podcast has become, what the fuck is ESPN thinking? Because Jay Crowder at 38, that doesn't make any sense at all. As if 
ESPN wasn't in such a shitter with basketball. This is the same week that the Jamel Hill stuff has been going on, and ESPN has been embarrassing themselves. Still fucking up. As the week goes on, further and further embarrassing. Um, that's all we'll say about that is that ESPN is pathetic for that. They've been pathetic pretty much since they decided to shutter Grantland, and the only reason that we ever tune in to ESPN is for three things. And those three things are Rachel Nichols, who's a treat, <laughs> Zach Lowe, who's an even bigger treat, and they have the rights to basketball games. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the only reason. I watch that's- NBA Countdown on mute. <laughs> Aside aside from these top ten, aside from these rankings, the only other tab that I have open from ESPN is the newest Zach Lowe article about how Kevin Love should be a lot better this year without Kyrie around and without Isaiah Thomas around for the majority of the year. Yeah, so but I've heard that before. <laughs> We're not really going to talk about where Kevin Love is on this list. The fact that he's on the list kind of surprises me, considering how much people like to shit on him. Um, we got a we got a listener comment from. A friend who will re- remain nameless who said that we were very harsh on Kevin Love. He scored 36 <laughs> points in a quarter this year. And to that I say, <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not he's washed. I like to be optimistic with Kevin Love, but it's I. It's hard to t- again, like it's hard to tell what he is. He's no longer the Minnesota Kevin Love who's putting up 30 and 20. And, he's, and I think he can be better than this... Cleveland version of Kevin Love we've seen since he got here, but I don't know what what it is in the middle. Like, a really good player, but I can't really describe it beyond that. Yeah. I think that having LeBron on his team really hurts him. I don't think that he's the kind of guy that's good with playing with LeBron. I think that he takes a lot of the criticism probably to heart. Mm -hmm. It's probably like a Clippers situation where Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were too soft to play with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Which is the main worry I have about James Harden playing with Chris Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay, now back to how we're back to their team, their new teammate Jay Crowder. <laughs> he. <LOL. laughs> okay, I'm about to list off the guys he's directly ahead of. Would you rather have Jay Crowder or Demar Derozan? Demar Derozan. Him or Al Horford? <laughs> uh, Al Horford for sure. I would agree. <laughs> yes. Him or Hassan Whiteside? I'd rather have Jay Crowder. Son Whiteside's kind of a dick. <laughs> Him or Andre Iguodala? Jay Crowder. Really? Yeah, he's a lot younger. He is, but I just I just don't think he's ever going to be on Iguodala's level. That's true. I mean, Iguodala's one of the better players of the last, like, 15 years, but... Amazing durability by Iguodala. Yeah, but he doesn't drink. Would you even be able to have fun with him? <laughs> I mean, he had to find a way to do fun stuff when he was in Philly when they were a fucking disaster and in Denver when they weren't shit either so (laughs) he had to I think it speaks a lot to how resilient he's been to go through those shitty teams and still seem like such a such a like a like a bright side looking guy (laughs) you know what I think I'm gonna change my mind Jay Crowder ornery Andre Iguodala is one of like super funny he just seems happy yeah he seems like a happy guy (laughs) so yeah Andre Iguodala okay after that okay Anything okay? So back to the top ten. Who is there? Anything else that you would change in this top ten? In the top ten, I wouldn't have Chris Paul in front of Harden. Obviously, I don't know if I would even have Chris Paul in the top ten. Um, it's hard to judge Chris Paul. It it really is. The Clippers were clippering a lot last season. Again, they had so many dumb injuries and just. I I'm excited to see if Chris Paul is still as good as he was two years ago when the Clippers beat the Spurs in the playoffs. That yeah. was not a shot. <laughs> Please <If> he... <laughs> don't bring up Maginobly blocking James Harden again. Jonathan Simmons, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Please don't bring that bring up. up. DeJounte Murray, bring up all the guys. <laughs> I just, I, if Chris Paul is still that good, then the Rockets are really, really good. But I don't, I don't think anyone can say that he's that good right now. I did switch my insurance to State Farm, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if he's as good as he was back then, I mean, Houston's in for a huge fucking treat, because that would be amazing. Especially if we can add the 64th best player in the NBA, or 65th, Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) Okay, let's look at who is just outside of the top 10. Okay, 11, Jimmy Butler, 12, Carl Anthony Towns, 13, Paul George, 14, Rudy Gobert, and 15, John Wall. Um, The guy that I would switch in there for either Chris Paul or Anthony Davis at this point or Draymond, for that matter, is Paul George. I think that Paul George is better than all of those guys. Ooh. I think I, that... I thought you were going to lead up to saying Carl Anthony Towns. 
I really think that Carl Anthony Towns can get to that level, but one of the reasons why I would put Paul George in that list is because he has made the playoffs for the last four years. With a he pretty bad Indiana his, team. He did break his leg and miss that one season. But and by break his leg, he literally his <laughs> leg broke was in, in half. His leg was in two pieces. The only thing that connected it was his skin, and everything on the inside was separated. And then he came back and dragged a team whose second best player was either unproven Miles Turner, super washed Monte Ellis, or the corpse of Rodney Stuckey. Yeah, to the playoffs with Nate McMillan, who we talked about. My personal opinion of Nate McMillan as the coach. I just. And Davis has been in the playoffs once. Yeah. I think it's that simple. Like, Paul George's roster last year was worse than the better Pelicans rosters of the past few years. I know that they've had really bad injury luck, but Paul George broke his leg nearly in two. <laughs> There's nearly <laughs> laying on the ground in two pieces, okay? Yeah. That was really, really sad to see. <laughs> okay. Who is going to be a lot higher in next year's list? Who is going to be a lot higher? Um, for one, I think Carmelo will be a lot higher. Okay. Assuming that he gets out of New York. Okay. Other than that, Devin Booker. Devin Booker, maybe. He's got a long way to go if he's all the way up in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that if the list gets more difficult to move up per spot every spot that Carl Anthony Towns will be a lot higher next year because I think he'll be in the top eight or seven. Do you have any homer picks of people who are going to be a lot higher? Because I do, so I want you to name one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other Rockets are on the list besides Chris Paul and Ryan Anderson? So Ryan Anderson being on the list is a shame and mockery. Trevor Ariza? <laughs> what number is Ariza? Uh, let me see. He's somewhere either in the 60s or 70s. Oh, Capella. He's at, Capella's at 70. I think that's way too high for <laughs> Eric, I don't think is that good. Eric Gordon, 62. Ah, I think that's as high as you can get. And then, where the hell is Ariza? Ariza's somewhere on this list. Um, oh, Pagasola, 80. I didn't see that. Okay. <laughs> Ari- I don't know where the hell Ariza is, but he's somewhere on this list. Um, No, I just think that the only guy who could possibly move... I think last year is as good as Eric Gordon is, like, and can be. Ariza, 95. I think Ariza is already too old to get higher on the list. And he's yeah. going to have even less offensive touches this year. Yeah. So the only guy that could really improve is Capella. And I don't personally think Capella is that good. So pretty much the same, except maybe James Harden a couple spots higher. I don't think that there is anything that James Harden can do to be ranked higher in a lot of people's minds. I just think his ranking on this list was a sham just to get people talking. I think next year they'll just... they'll. Put him back to where he should be. Yeah, but be. what's the uh, what's the calculus on James Harden getting higher than five? Is there a way? Can he do if, anything? If the Rockets go further in the playoffs? If the Rockets win the championship, does Harden get credit? Or does yeah. Chris Paul end up getting the credit? It would have to be Harden because Harden actually made it past the, the second round. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, it'll, so the story will be about how Harden carried Chris Paul... Past the second round. <laughs> All I can think about, I keep having flashbacks of people tweeting out the two Spider-Man pictures <laughs> of Chris Paul and James Harden's faces on them. And it's the second funniest NBA usage of Marvel Comics other than <laughs> Kobe holding the picture of Balgasol. Oh my god. <laughs> As Wolverine. <laughs> That's one of my favorite pictures of all time. Oh my god. Okay, so no one, really, from Houston. I mean, a lot of people think that Capella's really good, but he's not good on defense, and he has no offensive skills other than dunking, so I don't really understand how he's good. And your two other picks for players to jump are George and Towns. Uh, Devin Booker is the guy. And Devin Devin Booker, Booker, I think, literally will jump the highest, because he's in the 60s, and I think he can get into the 30s if he has a good season. If he can put it together from start to finish, he's going to average like 25 points a game. Anyone you think is going to drop off severely? Um, I think Ariza will drop out of the top 100. Yeah. I think that Eric Gordon will probably drop out of the top 100 also. I think he'll go from 62 to out. Any stars that you see dropping off considerably? Um, I think that either Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward is going to drop precipitously. We didn't talk about the Celtics, guys. They're around the same. They're right in the... Once, 
Hayward's 20, I think. Yeah. And I, Irving is 25. Irving. Where is Irving? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that right now that's probably about right because they're probably... I think that I would switch them. Mm-hmm. I think that Irving is better than Hayward. Not by a lot, but I think that people are misjudging Irving's season last year just because the, I don't think the Cavs tried particularly hard in the regular season. I have one who may be a bit of a hot take, but I just... I don't see how it gets any better for him or his team. I think Blake Griffin's going to drop off by a lot. He, I can see that. He he's still having injury problems. He's not going to be back till like December. And Seriously? then, yeah. And then until and then whenever he gets back, he's going to have to carry DeAndre Jordan, Patrick Beverly, Austin Rivers. Nobody carries Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> All these guys who like it's a it was, is it a hot take to think that the Clippers don't make the playoffs? I no, I don't think so. I think I think they'll end up somewhere between like seven and eleven or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it probably just depends on whether or not Blake Griffin is really good when he gets back. But, but yeah, I just Patrick Beverly's perfect point guard for him now. He's getting older, and the injuries have not gone away. I think you think he's reaching the Dwight Howard point of his career. Yeah, like, where his athleticism doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't. Like he he doesn't. I don't see how his athletic ability is an advantage anymore because. Of how often he gets injured. Anytime yeah. he pushes himself, he hurts his knee, hurts his foot. Which is the exact same, like... Breaks like, his hand punching a trainer. <laughs> it's like scene for scene the same thing with Dwight Howard. Like, he would he was on the Rockets, and every time that they would say, oh, he's coming back stronger from rehab, and then he would push it really hard for, like, five games, and then he would get injured again. Yeah. I okay. six, eight, six, nine guys, always it always happens to them like that. Okay. My homer pick... No. Guy who's... I don't even want to hear it. Is it Kyle Anderson? <laughs> Close. Is Kyle Anderson going from player number 400 to player number 398? I think we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about this because this is just my gut and my homerism talking, but I think DeJounte Murray's going to crack the 100 list next year. I am a huge, huge believer in DeJounte Murray. He's athletic. He can play defense. He reminds me a lot of Tony Parker when he was younger, and he made his living cutting to the basket, floaters, making, like, he just, he made a lot of, I think all the flashes that he showed against Houston, not to rub it in, but I think those are for real. I don't, I don't think he'll, he's gonna be a fan, I don't think he's gonna be, like, an all-star point guard next year, but I think he's on his way to being an all-star point guard, and I think he's gonna show a significant sign of progress next year. Okay, so my three points of contention in order from serious, kind of funny, and completely ridiculous. <laughs> um, serious point one is the Spurs need him yeah, to actually be the player that played against the Rockets in the playoffs, or finally the Spurs are actually in trouble. Not in trouble of like not making the playoffs, but in trouble of finishing fourth or fifth. Yeah. Which, when that happened two years ago, when they got screwed in that, like, jumble where the Rockets won, like, a crazy tiebreaker and finished yeah. second. <laughs> yeah, that was The Spurs funny. got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that was the Clippers series. <clears throat> the Spurs absolutely, more than any of the other teams in the Western Conference, need to finish first or second. Mm-hmm. They don't want to play that 4-5 matchup. And for that to happen, I think DeJounte Murray has to actually be good. And I think Danny Green has to actually have a contract here. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but, okay, my second point is, all of this is contingent on how many times they wear those awful camel jerseys. <laughs> the camel jerseys? Are you talking about the ones for the troops? Are you coming at the troops right now? <laughs> uh, it just reminds me of the Always Sunny episode of the gang wrestles for the troops. <laughs> and I think they're going to be the chicken boys this year. <laughs> Oh or the Pigeon God. Boys, the Pigeon Boys. Pigeon Boys. <laughs> that was such a good episode. Uh, and the third thing is, if DeJounte Murray truly reminds you of Tony Parker as a younger player, I need to send a special message out to Ava Longoria. <laughs> Ava, take care of your heart, girl. Because <laughs> DeJounte Murray's coming for you. Oh, man. Why do you got to bring up such dark times? <laughs> now, to end the podcast on the lightest, fluffiest... Most beautiful possible note. John, who are we talking about right now? Who are we bidding adieu to? <laughs> <laughs> Which is very appropriate. We are saying our goodbyes to Boris Diaw. Such an amazing player. Was never a leader, was never a star player, 
but it was just such a fun guy to have on your roster. That he wasn't that great on the Jazz last year, but they still loved him. He Boris Diaw is the reason the Spurs were able to recover from losing to the Heat in 2013 and win the finals the next year. He is the reason why the Spurs have a title. He was the one that got them over the hump. And unfortunately, the NBA doesn't see him as good enough to warrant a roster spot. So he went back to France and playing for a team that I <laughs> cannot pronounce. Let's see it. What do we got? Paris. Paris. Le Valois. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Le Valois. I think yeah. that's what it is. Um, Boris Diaw. I always think of his name as Fat Frank. Because <laughs> he led with his butt, but he also led with his heart. He absolutely did. Boris Diaw, the most interesting NBA player on Instagram. We're going to miss you. We still have you on Instagram. Um, other note, guys, if you know of a French boulangerie here in Houston, please let me know. That's a bakery, <laughs> but in French, I really want some baguettes so we can properly spread them with brie and then toast to the memory <laughs> of Boris Tia. We'll never forget you, Boris. See Boris. you in 10 years at Eurobasket because you'll still be playing for France. We love you, <laughs> Boris. Thank you guys again for listening. This has been Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. Um, we'll post somewhere on Facebook or maybe we'll have the site running and post what our next episode is going to be about. Until then, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Adios.